welcome to the London Horror Movie Club. I'm horror writer Lauren Jane Barnett. And I'm Chris Sapkowski, Lauren's older brother, and I've been watching horror movies since I was eight. Join us as we talk about the wild, weird, and wonderful horror films set in England's eerie capital. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. And it's June. We have been watching Extra, a sort of 1980s, very unusual British horror in which a man who has been abducted by aliens returns home, but something very sinister is going on. I am so excited to hear what Chris heard about this. I know we usually talk about the films we've been watching since first, but I just want to know, do you have like one quick word to be like, blah, what Uh, did you think? I always like the word banana lands. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Banana lands. Let's go into the movie. We can talk about what we've watched at the end. That's fine. Like it's, uh, yeah, I know nothing about this movie when we started watching it. Like this first watch, hadn't heard of it. In fact, was looking for and saw like it was so popular that they have like a two, three and four maybe somewhere. But I did find the original and I started watching it and I, I don't even know what I was watching. Like I actually described it to somebody the other day. Cause they asked me, Oh, what's your, what's the podcast on this week or this month or whatever. And I was like, Oh, it's, you know, it's basically this is moving. I was trying to ex- explain it. And it's, I watched someone else's nightmare. <laughs> like, you know, the feeling that the uneasiness of like, when you want, when you have a nightmare and then um, you wake up and you're like, that was really scary, but like weird and crazy. But then you're like, it's not really scary because like I was like, cause you're in your nightmare. It's like, kind of knew it was a nightmare like but that's what all those feelings was like the same thing I felt when I watched that movie I love that description because I think I think very much the same thing it feels like a proper out almost out of body experience it's like done Mm -hmm. filmed in a way that's really real but everything that's happening is very surreal and you just get confused and lost and I I love it I'm so glad that you see that they do some yeah. Oh, yeah. They do something in this movie as well. Uh, like, so when I watch, I've watched so many horror movies that like, it's always the joke between me and my buddy is like, do you want to feel something like something different that you haven't seen before that like kind of makes your skin crawl or like makes you feel uncomfortable or uneasy. And I can name the movies that like recent, like not recent, but like, in the last 10 years that have like made me like either paranoid or scared or like literally like, oh, I'm gonna turn the light on. Why not? You know, it's just like a little bit creepy. This movie had something like that for me. And I don't know how they did it. And I think it's more special effects based, obviously. But when they would... Okay, so basically the guy gets kidnapped by... Or abducted is the correct word for UFOs. But he comes back, he's a skinwalker. And like he's gaining life through living organisms. And when they start sucking the life out of people the way the skin like shrinks because the fluids leaving the body and just like the skin popping up and like it was gross and I loved it (laughs) it's such a it is such a it's not what you think of as body horror you won't so oh David Cronenberg but it is so such a body horror movie there are these great scenes like you said like with the feeding off his son at one point he Mm -hmm. sort of feeds and and you see like Chris said the the skin moving and pulsating and I wanted to know in general that what you do you think the special effects hold up because I I still think they do but I don't know if that's because I really like the movie. I don't know. I mean, I think I they probably hold up. I mean, I'm not the best judge of that, but what I will say is it was it it 
made me have an emotion while watching it, right? So, like, I was like, that is gross. That you could almost see, like, that would be the way it is. And I haven't seen that done in a lot of other movies. Like, vampire movies, they bite, and you're like, I think uh, Interview with the Vampire maybe did a little bit more of, like, when they're biting and turning people into vampires. They, they, they showed that, but, like, a lot of those, it's a cutaway scene, right? Like, oh, they're sucking the life out of the person, and they cut away. And they, they're just showing it, and I, I found myself watching it being like, all right, I've, I've kind of seen enough of this. Like, I know what they're doing. Like, move on. But, like, they're, they're showing it. So, I mean, I think it stands up. I mean, the movie is very, very early 80s. There's no getting around that. And it's just <laughs> the way it is. I mean, even the character, I mean, just everything screams 80s. But like that, I think if you did that today, you would probably, it would, it would keep it in the movie, right? Like, I think it, it does hold up. And it's pretty amazing that they did that back in the 80s, early 80s. Yeah, seriously. It's surprisingly good, I think. Out of curiosity, were those then the scariest moments for you? Like the, the ones that made you most, was it the, the feeding and stuff like that? Those were like the moments that like emitted like a re or emitted or or basically gave me like a reaction like a physical like where I was like uncomfortable watching it where like you kind of shift in your chair a bit, um, that and then <laughs> I don't think I've ever said I someday hope to see a grown man birthed through a birthing canal. Um, oh. I don't think I ever wanted to see that, but um, I saw it. I've seen it, and that was a, I, I squirmed a little bit in my chair for like so many reasons yeah, that's for me that's my scariest scene in the movie yes it's also bodily horror it's gross but i'm a woman so like I, to, for people watching this scene what happens is you see a woman she gets she gets attacked by the alien and, and effectively raped um we don't mm -hmm. see them like how he impregnates her but he does she wakes up from this attack and she she looks sort of really shaken and stuff but but sort of fine and she's walking to the, the kitchen presumably to get water she's upset or something and as she does, her body keeps like jolting and it gets over the course of 20 steps. She's this massive pregnancy because this is a full grown man that's happening. And her body is like breaking to create it. And she's going, Whoa. So gross. and I swear, <laughs> I do not mean to be like too graphic, but I swear my like ovaries hurt watching this as a woman. It was <laughs> nightmare. And then, and then she collapses onto the floor, this massive belly bigger than she is. And as you said, you then see her birth a fully grown man and of course a fully the, yeah it, it kills her right. as a woman obviously <laughs> terrifying <laughs> terrifying that's like the night there's a reason i don't have children and that if anything is like yes tick no babies please <laughs> that's terrifying <laughs> I, it was terrifying well and that's the thing like so like most movies i feel would be like okay they're good so we got the concept grown man's like this is how the skinwalker or i mean that's just for whatever reason that's what i was calling him because it's like you can kind of tell he's walking backwards when he comes back because like he the, this like lands the ufo kind of comes back in the woods and there's like this like younger yuppie couple driving and then they like that's how they introduce the alien back into society so he like already like gets these two people which is good kills like it's kind of like stalking prey and like but then he has to become a human, which changes the way he stalks the prey, right? And uh, they would have normally just been like the woman, you know, they'd be like, oh, and then there's a stomach. He's like bursts out of the stomach. No, they went the full birth route. Yep. <laughs> and it worked because I was like, oh, oh, God. I mean, I, but like I couldn't stop watching, but I was like, 
oh, like, and then you, I, I really kind of want to see the outtakes. Like, I know they didn't do those in the 80s, but like, it kind of reminded me of Jim Carrey in Ace Ventura Part 2 when he's climbing out of the fake rhinoceros's butthole. Yes. Like, he's, that's the exit point, it and he's like, like stretches. <laughs> yeah, that's the same. Imagine that in a serious role. <laughs> and that's what you have an extra but you also realize that it's not a fake rhinoceros it's a real woman who's like screaming at the same time and there's like skin the way they did it was just it was crazy but that's what that movie was though it was just I, to me it was just crazy and they were just like what can we do now because what was the nightmare part where I was kind of watching was the toys coming to life. So okay. he changes his kid into one of them, right? Am I following the movie right? I'm pretty sure it's more like he's like part them because he's still part the little kid. But yes. Right. Okay. Okay. So he's still a little kid, but he has like the powers of them and the dad definitely like fed off of him. So he's like half vampire, like if it was a vampire movie, like he's still... So he's part of that. He has those powers and he doesn't like different people. One of them being like some crazy old lady downstairs, which I imagine every London apartment complex has like the, the woman who like, she just the nosy one who's always out knows who's coming in, who's coming out. And he sends her his toys to go kill her. Mm, that was one was of like, my favorite kills is there's the, the, the toy soldier is is who he decides to get and it's they, just for people who who I, this is a spoiler but it was the 80s um it's it, it's <laughs> he has this toy soldier but then when he brings them to life in his mind they don't they aren't like living toys they're people but behaving like toys so it's like this six mm-hmm. foot tall guy behaving like a wind up robot and there's something about that scene where he kills her on the sofa that's so eerie and that was one of my favorite kills was what, kills her and then also the um was it the clown that they kept flashing to? So I kind of had like, it was like, that's why it was like nightmares. Like not really the clown, like doing all the stuff, but then they'd flash to him like laughing because the kid had this, like, I see it in a lot of English movies. I've never once seen it in America or an American movie. So maybe this is an English thing, but like, it's like a circus tent and a merry-go-round kind of in, it's like the nightlight, right? But it flashes up on the walls, like, the clown and the tiger and all that so like they come to life yeah and like i said no spoilers because if you didn't watch it in the last 40 years you probably aren't gonna watch it unless you listen here and you're really dying to see a grown man birthed but um yeah it was crazy like the clown was crazy like the the rubber hammer still made it like it's a toy yeah oh my god because it, yeah. it, it it's big but it's still a rubber hammer so like it's not like the hammer turns real all of a sudden yeah that's a good point and did I catch who who's the girl, the nanny? She's more famous than I'm thinking she is. Oh my god, yeah. So it's Miriam Dabo or Diabo. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but she was a Bond girl. She was a Bond girl. Oh, and she's okay. in other stuff. She's in um she's in Dorian Gray, the like recent remake that they did. Okay. In, I think it was like 2009 or something like that. And yeah. then she's also in um uh oh, what was it called? Oh, Tales from the Crypt. She's also in Tales from the Crypt. Oh. So I, she is, she's super famous. I recognize her. Yeah. Yeah. Friday, I, I think it's called The Living Daylights. It's one of the Timothy Dalton ones. And she plays like a, a, a cellist, I think it is, or a violinist. Oh, okay. And that's, yep. that's okay. her. So she's Russian cellist or yeah, Eastern exactly. Bloc cellist. Yeah. Okay. I think I know you're talking about. She definitely looked familiar the whole way through. And she was definitely the 
scream like or the uh horror movie like uh the good looking because they made sure to have scenes with her and her boyfriend which bring nothing to the storyline of the movie except that she has another life which they didn't really follow on anyway you know anyways <laughs> but i was like it, i liked that scene where her boyfriend gets attacked by the soldier and the the tank the toy tank yeah oh god the toy tank is brilliant it had do you remember the robin williams film toys I thought about that movie multiple times during when the when the toys were up. I was like, that movie could have turned into a horror movie easily. Right. I was just thinking it had the same tension, but like the the way they wrote it, it was much less creepy. Whereas when you see it in the context of Extro, it's it's a nightmare. Like you said, it's it's genuinely a, like appalling yeah. the whole time. And I know what you mean. They so she's Marion Dow was obviously like the scream queen, and they do this amazing thing that I think is like necessary in all British horror since the seventies. Is you have the plot. And then you have scenes of women without tops and mostly bush. And that is what's happening. It's interspliced <laughs> into this film. So if anybody hasn't seen Extro and that's your thing, you get you get a lot for a very little period of time. <laughs> Which brings absolutely, what do they call it now? Gratuitous nudity. Like, it's yeah. just like, it really doesn't, you hear all these actresses like, what well, does it bring anything to the part? That definitely didn't. But she's like, oh, I want to be in this movie. And sure, we can have two seats. I'll, I'll offer you two seats. They probably fought for three. She was like, nope, I'm good for two, but I want to have talking lines. Yeah, it was it was weird. But I mean, yeah, she was. I recognized her. Like, and I was like, oh, well, that's weird. Like, she looks. She definitely looked like somebody else, right? Like, yeah. I'm like, I, I didn't recognize the the other actors um, necessarily. Like. When we watched Frenzy, there were actors that I'm like, I know him, you know, or you like see like is it, um, in American Werewolf, the taxi driver, you know, like you're like, oh, they, that's so and so. And this movie, I was like, I don't know. But it was like, it, it definitely grasped me from the beginning because when the aliens comes a very cool scene, like it because it like with the black and then there's like the light mm. and they're on the farm. And so they did a really good job for it being an 80s flick. Like I'm actually surprised I hadn't heard of it before. It's really popular over here. I'm not sure why it didn't make it to America. I think it was sold as like the British alien, which obviously it has almost nothing in common with. So I think no. maybe it was missold. But like weirdly, you're right to an American. The stars won't seem like much at all because it, it, it's got that very sort of 80s everyday man, everyday person cast. Yep. But actually like the cast is pretty cool. I've got, um, I had to write down their proper names because I'm gonna forget them. But the guy who played Sam, who's uh, okay. Philip Sayer. He's in The Hunger, which is another great, it's got David Bowie in it and Susan Sarandon's another great oh, okay. vampire movie. And he's in, um, he's in a couple other things. What else is he in? I did write this down. Oh yeah, he's in Slayground. So he's in like a few horror movies, but he died shortly after this movie. So he, he didn't end up having like a huge expansive career. Ton, okay. And so you have like little bits of people, the guy who played Tony, uh, the, the young boy who played Tony did a couple other things later, but obviously as an adult, so looks very different. But there's like little little minors kind of horror celebrities, obviously Marion Davo. And but it is the cast looks in that nice 80s way, like Hellraiser, like like uh creators. Oh, it brings like more to it, right? Real people, yeah. I think it makes yeah. it almost especially because as you say, this film goes really far, it makes it seem almost more credible and so more creepy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like you can't get away with certain things when you bring high, high-end stars like together um that's why they're really good for like rom-coms we're like we've bought you know 18 of the biggest stars like great 
there's going to do nothing of substance like <laughs> um you know but when you have a horror movie like that you you it's kind of open when it's like we have actors they're good actors the acting was actually i thought was really well well done um for what it was you know for for it being like an alien like it's hard to like get your mind saying like okay there's an alien and it comes back because there's a scene where like the wife who had a for all intents and purposes like had moved on right she's with sam now yeah um and but then they go back to the farmhouse where he was abducted where they thought he just had ran off like on the family and then they start like getting back together but then his like body starts shedding in the middle of the intercourse because it's an 80s movie so we needed that scene like you know and so yeah, it's just I, I I don't think you get that when you, if you picked up you know like here's four actors that we already know, but it, it did feel felt more real to me I guess because it could be like anybody where like it doesn't you're you're almost watching this happen to other people as opposed to like people acting it out for you maybe is a weird way to say it. Yeah, I always feel like you can tell me whether you think this is fair, but I always feel like the 80s did a lot more of that anyway. It was always sort of every man. It was very everyday people. I always felt like 80s horror mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. So I think it's part of I that. think also the budgets weren't there, right? So like it's hard to go and get like somebody who has made a name for themselves. And then you you know, then it's like how do you pay for that and you want to, you know, you want the special effects. Like what's more important? Obviously stories the most important thing when telling a, a ghost story or a horror story like you want the story to be pretty solid you also want the effects to be there um unless you go the complete opposite way of never really like m night Shyamalan. is that yeah that's how i say it uh, Shyamalan. but uh he's he's um i don't know how to say his last name it's, but he does a really he does a lot of good job with like you don't really see a whole lot like in signs was one where like you saw the alien like three times but it's like more scary before and but like if you're going to show the aliens you're going to show the monsters you want the effects to be good so then it's like actors is like you can be a fine actor maybe you haven't had you know you haven't been brought in millions at the box office but you can still be good for a role you know you could still be a good actor so it doesn't mean anything and so you're just seeing people you haven't seen before yeah no, I love that. I honestly, I love that. And I liked that with the locations too, because it, it is a London horror movie and set. The farmhouse is obviously not in London, but everything else is in sort of near Victoria. And so it's not even okay. like famous London. It's sort of, uh, it's those weird spaces in between like Victoria Station and then Buckingham Palace. So nobody really lives there, but people do because there's apartment blocks. So it's not even suburban. <laughs> it's got this very strange other world city feel, but at the same time, it's kind of how most people in London live. It's just a, it's a, apartment block somewhere yeah i was gonna say like i think we we kind of chatted about that like one of the questions we try to answer is it london is it not london like is london a character in it obviously not like that movie could probably be leeds it could be manchester it could be wherever but isn't that how most people not everybody like wakes up in the morning in london and open your open your blinds and you're like stretching and looking at buckingham palace or looking at the beat is it bt tower or whatever like you're not seeing like these symbols that everyone else has seen before you're just living there and you live around you know other apartments um yeah it's so yeah it makes perfect sense yeah Yeah. but i think it is london right i mean it was it felt it felt london to me i mean it was you get a red bus you get the red buses every now and then well they got to throw in the red bus that's london (laughs) there you go yeah 
That's they got to throw it around. It's just, that's the that's the telltale sign that you're in London. Exactly. You need a red <laughs> that's something that you made a really good point. Does it does it feel at least British? Because I think it yes. does. Okay. What do you yeah. think makes it so British, other than the accents? <laughs> oh well, then no, it could have been anything. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, <laughs> just joking. <laughs> um, no, it, it did it feel British? I don't. I feel like the way they tell the story the way that i mean obviously the actors and the driving is on the other side and stuff like that but like the fact that like nobody's rushing to the cars like when they like go out to look for someone someone i don't know and maybe it's just because i don't also live in a huge city in america but like if i'm gonna go look like our dog ran our puppy had got out through the backyard um our fence no big deal like it happens when you have puppies but like I went and got in my car and started driving in the neighborhood and everybody else is like on foot, like walking through there. And I'm like, well, that's dumb because if it, yes, if she's back there, it's great. But if she runs out here, I'm not going to walk like three miles. I'm going to, I'm not going to catch up to the dog, but like in, in, they got out of the apartment and it always feels like when I watch like stuff from in London, especially it's like now we're running and then we're going to just like run down the road. And it makes more sense because they're not in the suburbs. Yeah. Exactly. It'd be a pay, it'd be more time to try and find the car and get around. Yeah, or a taxi or anything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean obviously I mean the acting the and the, the the driving and the big bread bus and the and the the um, accents do it as well. But yeah, it just also like I I just think of like in London everyone walks. Yeah. So like I'm just like, yeah, that's it makes perfect sense that they're just like, we're gonna go run after our kid who went missing. Their kid goes missing, and then the dad's all uh, Tony, and then the dad. Yeah, Sam. Sam, they're like they go, they're like they're they're having their own like little part of the story. The mom comes home, can't find him. They're like running after him. No cars, no. They run past cars, but like they're just like run past a little fountain that they keep seeing. Seemed like a nice building in London. Yeah, it is really pretty. Actually, it's still there. If anybody wants to go by Victoria Bankman, it's it's still there, which is crazy. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, I one of the things I always think is British, but maybe it doesn't translate. It, it's some of the stuff is kind of tongue in cheek, like the way they talk to okay. each other and stuff is it feels very British. For example, so so like you said, there's kind of a love triangle. The the wife's moved on a bit, but then Sam returns and she's kind of still interested in him. But then she's dating this other guy who's named Joe. And a lot of like the side comments they make to each other, like for example, jo Joe's a photographer. And at the start we see them working together and he's doing like fashion shoots. And then he's, she gets pissed off. He gets pissed off at Sam getting all his attention. And so she comes and visits him and he's doing like a naughty shoot. And she's like, I thought you were done with that. I don't know. That seemed very <laughs> British to me. What do you think? I, I didn't see it as British, but I don't, oh. I don't see the British talk all the time. I mean, I did, I did catch that where she was like, you could tell it was starting to turn. He, he was basically had moved in. He was the new guy and he was trying to get them to kind of move on from the dad. Right. Like he was like trying to, you know, associate with this boy who knew the, the dad was coming back. Like at some point the dad's coming back. He's a young boy. The mom had kind of already learned on it because like they're 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 in the same bed they're living together by all and, but as soon as he came back everything changed <laughs> so, but i just saw that i just felt like okay well that's just a relationship i didn't see it as british but it's also i don't it's funny to me i would think americans would like fight about it it would be all like emotions out in the open and like the british way yeah. of being passive aggressive was just sort of like well i'm gonna take photographs of naked ladies now so yeah so I, I i see that now like as we're talking about it like i definitely could see like because we've talked i mean just in joking but like the passive aggressiveness of like 
how how am I going to get back at this person? We're like, yeah, we Americans are going to go on Jerry Springer, and then it's going to be like, and you know, we have this guest coming out. It's your old husband, and then like, <laughs> there's like a fight, and chairs get thrown. So yeah, we do it a little bit louder in, in America, maybe. <laughs> That being said, there was a moment where I actually had to ask a friend if if this made if it made sense or if it was for an American audience. Because at the beginning, with the when Neeling comes down and he breaks into the farmhouse with the woman, the one who gives birth mm-hmm. to him, she's got a gun. She takes out like a shotgun, and I, I, I actually that. had to be like, "Is that is that for American audiences? Would that be reasonable?" And 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 of course, he had to tell me. He was like, "Well, yes. If you're if you're in farm country in Britain, you you might have a gun just because general protection and wolves and stuff." But I didn't. I didn't. Well, not wolves, but you know what I mean. Uh, foxes. And <laughs> but yeah, oh, I, I was gonna I say thought, wild wild animals. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, but I that was a moment where I was like, "Oh gosh, that doesn't seem British to me." But that's because I've been living in the city and no one has guns in the city. See, that's very strange that you said it because I did notice the gun first and foremost because you don't see them a lot in British movies mm-hmm. or British life in general. But then I think about it and I'm like, well, we did Cockneys for Zombies. There was a lot of guns in that. Oh, yeah. And then like the other movies that I watched, like I watched the movie one at one point in my life, Legends, which is about uh, the craze, right? So I'm like, well, there's a lot of the guns in the craze. And so, like, but I understand that, like, in every day, like, to, if you saw someone on a news holding a gun, it would be a big story. Like, if you just turn on the news tonight, someone's holding a gun, or they have a video, of, like, news camera, of, like, someone took someone hostage with a gun, that would be huge. Yeah. Where that could be a celebration video, that could be a, I mean, I've seen videos now where they do the uh, gender reveal for kids, where, like, the, the parents have like shot with guns, like shotguns. I mean, so in America, it's a little different. I remember when you, you brought one of your, well, you brought a friend over from England one time and we were at Dick's Sporting Goods at the time. And it was just wall of shotguns and stuff. And, and they were like, what, like what? And I'm like, oh yeah, we, I mean, makes sense. Oh but, yeah, Joe was, she was completely freaked out when she thought that, that you could just get them at the supermarket. <laughs> Yeah, because you got groceries in one aisle, you walk to the end of the aisles, and then oh, there's the guns and, and the sporting goods. So it is different. I mean, I guess I don't I don't look at guns as negatively as the British culture, but I didn't notice it in the movie. I was like, the single woman in a house by herself, and she has a gun, and is comfortable enough to use it. Yeah, I was confused by that. It threw me. That being said, when the the flip side, something that seems really common to me is the the creepy child. Is so like you said earlier, um, Tony. The I kid, love a creepy child. I love a creepy, creepy child. That's an everything. <laughs> I think that's like you know, if you think about it, I was thinking about all the horror. You know, Japanese horror has like the creepy schoolgirls and the creepy kid. Yep. You, you Mexican horror has the creepy young boys, and we 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 love creepy children. What is it about creepy children? Because they are creepy. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I mean, but is it creepy? <laughs> I was almost asleep last night, and a child walked into my room and thought, "I didn't realize you were asleep. I was scared to death. Why are you standing next to me?" That is creepy. Yeah. So no, I think it also it probably it comes down to. I mean, I guess in my thought is kids are kind of innocent because like they don't know anything right so like everything they've learned you're putting kind of in front of them for a certain amount of time and then they go to school and you start seeing them learn from other people and other things but they're pretty innocent i mean 
they ask like very um I have like the worst vocabulary, so I apologize. But they ask like innocent questions and they're very, you know, they they don't understand how certain things work because they don't look at it like the full way. And so when you see like a child that knows a little bit and you're like, well, why would they know that? It's like, that's creepy. Mm -hmm. Or the way that they, if they act a certain way and you're just like, they can be creepy because they're not like full humans yet. Like they don't have like the personalities and they haven't been through certain you know different social settings and, and like the, those things you do as you grow up and you learn from so when they're creepy it's great because they're already like they're you could make a whole army of creepy kids <laughs> if you just get to them early enough you could make a whole army of creepy kids but that's the funny thing from my perspective so I, I i don't have kids but i taught and we had i taught sort of eight-year-olds that kind of age and they I'm sure they're very innocent I don't think they mean anything but they don't also have any of those like social filters in place to know what's right. not okay to do and so they will like stab someone because they didn't do something because they think oh well I'm upset and I'm gonna stab you and that's like they, they're they've got sort of like an animalistic thing which doesn't yeah, biting biting is huge at like that two-year-old three-year-old stage yeah they kind of have a wild animal thing as well which weirdly is the opposite of innocent but kind of the two combined you're right innocent might not be the right word for it but yeah but it's it's just they have like their minds but also you know what's creepy and maybe not scary about them is if you're walking down a street you're coming back from the pub or coming back from you know get off the train you're walking and there's someone following you your footsteps you turn a corner following you you'd be you'd start getting a little nervous right you look back if it's a full-grown man Let's just call it me walking behind you. You didn't know me. I'm big six foot three. You're 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 immediately going to be like your heart's going to be beating really fast. You're like, oh god, what's going on? And it could be nothing. I could just be like going the same way you're going, but you're already going to be there. If you see an eight year old kid, it's creepy as hell. <laughs> but are you really scared? I mean, it's it's like an eight year old kid. Like, is he really going to do anything to you? We saw a baby be punted when we watched Cotton for Zombies. So like, we know we can get away from children. So that the creepiness is how they can be scary. Yeah, this is this is weird though. So like, you're absolutely right. And funnily enough, and totally unintentionally, I watched in the interim between the the last show and this one, I watched Cooties. The, did you love it yes i loved cooties i loved it the, it's the elijah for anyone who doesn't know chris mentioned it on a previous podcast uh, to, uh, tony my partner he he mentioned it and i he, he had me see it and it's these school teachers get trapped in in the school with the kids who've got some sort of almost zombie like virus and it was the same thing it was you have these teachers who would normally be able to like yell at these kids and like the kids don't kind of care but they're in control and then all of a sudden the kids are in control of everything and just eating these teachers and like terrifying <laughs> it's so great it's so creepy but it's also so funny <laughs> it is so good it is so, like I, zombie kids man it's a yeah. whole market out there zombie kids yeah, we need way more of this. Cockneys versus zombies and cooties are the only two I can think of that have zombie children. We need way more zombie children. There's another movie I'm blanking on right now that you need to watch. And I don't think it's zombie children. I think it's zombie parents. But like they do the same thing when they're coming to get the kids if the, the parents are getting bad. But I'll have, to, I'll have to bring that up at a different time. There's Nick Cage <laughs> in it. It's good. Oh, cool. Because yeah, I just also saw Evil Dead Rise and that's the mom goes kind of she gets possessed yeah. so she's not a zombie but she goes weird 
Well, what you okay? So we're now we've talked about so we're talking about things that you've seen. So Evil Dead Rise, we were very excited about the preview. What did you you were let down? I was. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, I I I really really wanted to love it because I I love the Evil Dead franchise anyway. Um, but I I liked the idea because you have uh quite a lot of the Evil Dead stuff is cabin in the woods. It's is that, and I yep. liked that this is city high rise. I thought that's so cool. It's going to have a lot of the same kind of like wild stuff. And it does, it has callback moments, things you see an eyeball get like shot into someone's mm-hmm. mouth, Evil Dead 2. And you have the camera perspective weaving through the city to like getting to her in the same way you have it weaving through the woods to get to Ash. And it just, other than that though, it's just a person trying to get into the brooms. It's kind of, it's a bit, samey you've seen this all before locked okay. building someone's trying to get into the locked building they could or could not be possessed and it kind of didn't matter quite a lot of it's like <laughs> banging on the door or seeing right. them through the keyhole and being like oh my god it, could be anybody yeah, yeah. I, I mean there's some good special effects there and it's not it's not the world's worst movie it's not like you're sitting there watching it going oh my god i'm gonna fall asleep but it's it's kind of samey and so i was okay. really disappointed because i wanted it to be different so uh, you might you, still enjoy it, but I, I think you're going to hate my suggestion for the next month then, but okay. <laughs> no, no, there's nothing wrong. No, with no, no, it's fine. It's, it's totally fine. I'm just saying, but when you say samey, I'll, and I'll explain that when we get to like what I'm picking, because I, I had a thought process behind that, but uh, that's interesting. So uh, I, yeah, I, I want to, I want to see it, but at the same time, like everybody that's watching it is telling me like, they're, they're just not glowing. Re- like, I don't care what reviews people like the papers say or like the famous people's you know like or famous review sites i don't care about that if it's people that like i judge your opinion on it um tony's opinion on it if i see him write about something or like my boss like his opinion on horror movies like i will go watch them because i'm like okay i know where their mind is at and so like i will enjoy this like there's movies that no one likes that i that i like we you know that goes it's like oh that was great Extra is a perfect example. It was not a huge box office smashing success. It's popular. Yeah. And, but I I enjoyed it. I'm very happy that I watched it. If you want to watch it in America, like it's on YouTube for free, which is great. Like I love how some of the older movies can be just seen for free on YouTube. But, um, no, totally. It deserves a wider audience. But, but what did you see? Because I've now got to talk about two of mine. What'd you get? Um, well, I, you know, and I didn't watch a whole lot of, I haven't watched a whole lot of movies since the last time, just life getting in a way of of like things. And when you're sitting down and, and for, for me, the Stanley Cup playoffs was on. So like that took up a lot of the nighttime watching, um, you know, movie watching time, but I watched, uh, my favorite one of my favorite television shows and and now that it's it's back um with its new season it's i would say it's probably my favorite it kind of teeters between between two or three but um it's black mirror and it's uh i think it's british it's on netflix um but i think it's also british and it's like more like anthology stuff so it's like different writers that will do their stories but their new season came out and it was absolutely fantastic um it's not you know a lot in the beginning they do um well gosh the very first episode of black mirror if you're not familiar the prime minister basically gets blackmailed into having sex with i want to say pig that's right yes i was i was like am i remembering this correctly or my point is i have something else but it's but it's like 
they hacked into this and then there's like different hackings and they do like there's an episode where you get credits of how good of a human being you are and if you have the higher credits the better human being you are you can purchase more things you get better jobs you get and then if you're not you are kind of like low class but this one season's more horror movie based i feel so it kind of threw me for a loop i was going to watch it no matter what and it kind of threw me for a loop where like there's some cool technological stuff but at the root of some of these episodes is very just horror movie horror story i love so if you don't want to watch black mirror like you're like i'm not getting the six seasons of anything and you just want to they're like little mini movies right so there is two episodes in there particularly one's 40 some odd minutes and one's like an hour nine minutes but um, this season, one's called Maisie, M-A-S-E-Y. And I don't want to say anything about it because those are spoilers. That just came out like two weeks ago, I think. So, And then Demon 79 is, I will recommend that episode to anybody who likes horror movies. But it's, and it's a little British town. I don't know where it would be. I, would, I wouldn't recommend it necessarily for the London Horror um, Movie Club. But yeah, it, London, um, Demon 79 was excellent. I love that. I really like so, Black Mirror. I haven't seen the most recent season, but I really yeah. like Black Mirror, so I'm going to watch that. It's so well done. Yeah, and when that came out, I was like, that's what I'm going to be watching now, because really, it's an hour, hour episodes. I can get one done a night and then feel like I can still do everything else I need to get done, and yeah, yeah. and six episodes this season, I think, five or six, so. Oh, that's not bad as well. I like that. Because, I, I, yeah, I loved when the first season came out. I remember I absolutely loved it, and it was because British seasons are shorter. It was like 10 episodes at most. Oh, I think that's well in America they don't win three. Oh, it's maybe like maybe it was way three shorter. Three and then three and then four. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love how the British but it's but you also get hour and a half episodes. Maybe that's why so you're making three longer. movies, right? It's not just a 30 minute, you know, 30 minute with 15 minutes of commercials like yeah. we do here. <laughs> so yeah. but yeah, that sounds awesome. I can't wait to see it. So it I totally is- recommend that. And did um did you see any of the one anything that you wanted to watch? So have you seen any ads or anything? That you're like, oh, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need to see that. No, I mean, I was, we were actually just looking through movies last night, and as far as horror movies go, I have not really seen an ad recently of something coming out that I'm like, I got to see that. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're kind of in. I don't want to say like a flat period, but like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what, first of all, like movie watching's changed since COVID. Right. So like things come out, I'm very, I'm much more open to just being like, Oh, like I watch yellow jackets, which is kind of horror. It's show, showtime um, in the States. And it's, you know, about this girls that were like on a plane crash. I think we've talked about this before on the pod, but like that kind of gets my fix there. Um, I'm waiting for something else good to come out yeah. and I'm, and I will watch whatever. I think I sent you a meme the other day. like horror fans go through thousands of movies, you know, just to get to that one where you're like, this is great. And I'll be, <laughs> I will continue to do that. But um, I've actually been on a kick of watching, which is nostalgia from nostalgic for me, but like um, urban legend. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was talking of let's get all the actors that people know or that were famous at the time. So like that one had Joshua Jackson. And then 
I don't even know her name, but the Noxzema girl who was like in America and all the Noxzema commercials. So it was like that right after college and right after college, like all those are right now like on Tubi. So I'm like, let's watch this one. It kind of goes in the line of like, I know what you did last summer and, you know, all the popular um, actors and actresses from that time frame. Oh, cool. So, but now I haven't seen anything new. Have you seen anything new that's coming out that you're looking forward to? No, I was going to say the same thing, which is why I kind of hoped you might kind of <laughs> jumped in there so I could get out of not having anything. No, right. but um, I I really have been trying hard to see stuff that I really should have seen already as someone who writes about horror. I've only ever seen, for example, Dario Argento, super famous, and everybody obviously loves him. And there's loads of references to him in things like Scream and stuff like that. I've only ever seen Suspiria and then recently Dark Glasses. So I want to try and see more of his films. So like you, I'm kind of going back in time, but this is stuff I really probably should have seen already. (laughs) Oh, no, that makes sense. Well, there's so much, there is so much out there. I mean, I'm noticing that, you know, just from doing this podcast of like, we talk about things and then it's like, oh, even when we're not on the pod, we'll talk about things. I'm like, how have I never seen that? You know, and then, so I'll go back and watch that. And and it makes sense because like, I'll be like, i you know, you get into those modes of like slashers. I'm going to watch everything slasher. And yeah. then it's like, how did I never see this before? This was made in 1988. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So yeah, no, it's, but I, yeah, nothing new coming out where it's like, man, like when the grudge came out or when like ring, remember ring, ring, oh, is yeah. it rings or rings? The ring. ring. I don't know. The ring. The ring. Like everywhere. that movie was like, we're going to go see that, you know? Yeah. Um, now I'm looking forward to like finding those like little treasures of like, this is a free movie. It came out in 2018. Uh, you know, on Tubi or Netflix, not free, but like, here's this movie, and I'm like, wow, where, 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 where was I in 2018 that I missed this? Yeah, so I, I do love that about streaming is that you do you end up having quite a lot of options. But if you're willing to take a punt, yeah, maybe it'll be terrible. But like you said, horror horror fans are used to that. We're fine. Like, who knows? Whatever, what'll happen? One hundred percent. And every now and then you find one that you just can't like extra. I didn't know it before I did the London horror thing. And it's, it is big here, but I didn't know it. And so when I was talking to people, they're like, how have you not seen extra? And now anybody I'm like, Oh, you have to see extra. (laughs) It's if you like horror movies and if you can get past a bit of gore, right. Or feeling uneasy, like extra is definitely worth the watch an hour and a half. But it's like a story that like you, you're you not going to I don't think that that was like where you were talking like Samesies like it's a little bit unique right like there's not a whole lot of there it's a story that you can get I, I thought the acting was good you know there was no tongue sticking out um, <laughs> via the potato I'm going to always go back That's to the potato, the potato truck yeah like come to think of it I really like that movie now I want to see more potato truck stories. <laughs> but um, yeah no I, I extra is great and i would recommend it to people but it is banana lands is the only thing i can think of when i say it. it's like it's just be prepared to not be prepared through the entire thing yes i love that <laughs> that's what i love in horror movies i always use the word bonkers it, it, because if you do get come across something every now and then where you're like how did someone think of this it's great because we watch so many movies where you sort of like, you can guess the end and not that they're bad, but you can like guess the ending or you kind of know where stuff's going or they're playing yeah. with it. How amazing is it to come across a movie where like, I, ha- I, what were you smoking? Who are you? What happened to you in a former life? What has driven you to this moment? Yes. <laughs> I think that same thing you're saying is why I like Black Mirror so much. Mm, because that. a lot of times when you're watching Black Mirror, you're like, was not expecting that or like this took this turn or like 
when they do it, they're like, oh man, where was your brain when you thought this up to do, to do this? And I like that. I like the creativity part of it, you know, the, or the creative outlet for these writers and stuff. So yeah, it's definitely good. And I will recommend extra to, to anybody that is, I think can handle it. I mean, it's like I said, there's, I, I could see recommending it to a bunch of people in the birthing scene alone would have them. They wouldn't talk to me anymore. Um, <laughs> they, they would start yeah. scheduling, you know, away from whenever I was scheduled to be someplace. They'd be like, oh, can't make it. Sorry. But uh, yeah, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you probably will want to watch it because you like horror movies. Exactly. I give I give talks to the WI, the Women's Institute here, which if anybody in America doesn't know Women's Institute, it's like it's like a kind of charity thing. And women get together and talk about all sorts of things. But um, I, if anybody has seen Calendar Girls, it's that it's it's women. That is the WI. Women get together. They sing Jerusalem. They learn about jam and crochet um and i occasionally <laughs> give talks because like they're a little bit edgier now and i do like you know women in horror film or like the horror of this area i never i always avoid extra <laughs> because i'm not about to tell a room full of women that they need to see that you need to see a movie where you're you're gonna i i'm here to tell you how to hurt your ovaries without yeah. physically hurting your ovaries <laughs> watch minute 61 in extra <laughs> i will never get asked back again ever <laughs> yep, nope, you got you got to know your audience right I've, I've recommended um i don't remember what movie it was at the time but i recommended a movie to do a family uh what i like that's on hold it's hockey team my son's hockey team and, and the dad texted me halfway through them watching he's like what the hell did you recommend us to watch and i was like oh no i failed miserably <laughs> It was one of those that I loved, and I was like, this is so wacky and crazy. I think you guys will like it, because we recommend stuff all the time. And then he, he like, in the middle, because like, what the hell did you recommend? And I felt so bad. I, I have like, to say, if you think of what that is, please tell us in the next episode of this, because I'm <laughs> dying to know what this movie was now. I will. I will find out, and then bring it up. Make a note, bring it up, and I will find out. I can even go back through old texts and find out, because... And it, it might not even have been a horror movie, but it was just something I had recommended. But I will let you know. You can make a note to remind me and I will uh, bring it up. But yeah, you got to know your audience when recommending things. So yeah, definitely. What's, we what is new? I want to bring this up on the podcast. What is new for you going on? So, you you know, your book is out. Um, it's selling. It, it was, <laughs> a, 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 it was, it did really well on like the Amazon list of like, requested or, or wanted books um yeah it was the most requested book in amazon for a while and then it's it's in its first month so it's only been officially out for a month there were people who were able to pre-order it earlier obviously but like its official release was may it's been out for a month and it sold more than a thousand copies which is really for an awesome. indie press really really great um i got to Good. give a talk to the dracula society about it which was <laughs> awesome i'm gonna say that for the rest of my life how many people, how many, question, let's, let's pause real, how many people are in the Dracula Society? Or how so, many people did you did talk to? So the talk was to 35 people, um, but okay. in the end, 30, like nine came because they had standing okay. in the back, which was really lovely. <laughs> Can you give us a little background on the Dracula Society? Yeah, so it's, it's, it is not, everyone always asks if they all showed up in capes. They didn't. <laughs> so they. I was going to ask, was there any ones that you could be like, wait a minute, that looks like Nick Cage. Or like, <laughs> that looks like an actual, that guy could actually be 800 years old. 
I mean, I wish that would have been really cool. They're all yeah. really lovely. Um, they're basically pe- people like us. So it, it started okay. in 1973. So some people have been around since the beginning. And then there's like a huge range going all the way down to like late 20s up through, okay. you know, 70s, 90s, 80s. And it's all people who at the time it was started, it was theater people who wanted to like do theater shows with a better version of Dracula because they didn't okay. like the way that Dracula was kind of being turned into, uh, especially in the seventies, kind of hacky and was overdone yeah. and gothic and nonsense. So their whole thing is like, you know, gritty, true horror. And they've got their own like little book and stuff about okay. proper Dracula, but it started with that. And it's just, it's basically just really big horror fans who like awesome. started out as Dracula so I can hide if anybody you can join the Dracula Society if you're in London just just send them an email it's awesome they get together they do London get togethers regularly and like people like me talk I'm giving a walk for them later but then they also do trips to like Whitby and really cool locations that are in Dracula and they so they they're like really social and really cool it's amazing what they do Fun. yeah no, that's cool I, I you had told me about that I was like my first thought was same thing there's going to be it's like 18 men they're all going to be like 65 to 67 but really they're like 800 and it's going to be like you're going to be like going into like the the uh, uh what was the house in uh harry potter that like you're going to show up and like this address doesn't exist and then like this guy in the cane's going to like knock on the floor the, the wall's going to go up you're going to go in this like secret cavern so now just a bunch of people that like really like horror movies and, and the dracula movies and that's how it started yeah exactly it was a lot of fun actually and it's great because you get to, you meet all these people who and some of them you know already because you're in the horror circuit but you meet all these people yeah. who just love horror so you get to sit down and have dinner with a bunch of people and talk about horror movies for two hours couldn't have been cooler that's a pretty good night, I yeah. would say. It was great. <laughs> That's what we did without having to be invited. Like we when we when I visit you, like we sit for two hours and we talk horror movies. So yeah. and now we record it so that you guys can yeah. join us. Like the is <laughs> this with more people. <laughs> right, right. No, yeah, exactly. This is what we wanted this to be. It's like we're like, we're doing this anyways. Let's just uh put it out there. So. Exactly. I love that. I'm curious though, what yes. the next one's gonna be. Okay. I I usually know the film, and now I don't. <laughs> nope. It was chosen yesterday, and the reason it was chosen yesterday, I, I mentioned. I'll give you the backstory of why I'm choosing this. You can completely. I'm letting all the listeners can know. You can you can x this idea as soon as I throw it out there. If you see it, you're like, we don't want to go down this road. Please let me know. So I've been watching um, Urban Legend. Uh, I know what you did last summer, and it kind of has those. It's it's just that like early two thousands feel. Um, and we we've done you know we've done some old. We did this one was nineteen eighty two, and I was like I want to try to do something more recent. The last one I picked, Limehouse Gollum, wasn't like my favorite movie by any means, but it was also a period piece, right? So it was like back in like the nineteenth uh, century, right? I got my centuries right. Yeah. Anyways, I'm gonna choose the movie. I believe it's called F. F. Okay. F. You haven't heard of this? No. Oh, I'm so excited. So you can't exit, and we might both hate it. <laughs> no but idea. I was, you know, I was sitting around yesterday, and I've been, I, I kind of like, I want to watch something new to me, but I also want it to be London. So this is based in London. I didn't, I didn't, um, oh, see, look at you, you're like, wait, what? Now, if this turns out to be London, Ontario, 
I apologize in advance. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, if this is in London, Kentucky, this is really going to be a problem. But um, no, it's it's um, school-based horror. And it's like that teen, it was like done in the 2000s. Let me just go, and, and I think I still have it. Um, I think I still have it here on my IMDb because I was looking yesterday, like looking through some movies and I kind of narrow them down. So I'll write a movie out and be like, maybe like what to pick. And then I'll kind of like look at it. And when I read this, I was like, I don't want to know anymore. I just want to, um, Oh, come on. I lost it. But, um, I just was like, let's do movie F. Awesome. I love that this is a movie I don't know. If, if anybody who's listening, I have an Excel spreadsheet of every horror movie with like a section in London. It doesn't even have to be the whole thing in London. And there's about 152. And so I love it when somebody has a new one for me because I'm like, oh my God, I can add it to the Excel sheet. Like I know it's a new movie. It's really rare after having researched it for like four years. It's really exciting. Well, now that's why, that's why I'm like, when you were like, I was expecting you at least to be like, yeah, we're not doing that one. Because <laughs> well, because you were saying like with um, evil, the evil dead rises. So it was kind of I've seen it, and I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel like with um, this movie, it's kind of samezies as well because like we've seen like yeah F. It's a for 2010. It's a horror movie. It's from Studio Canal. Oh, okay. Which is yeah. that's that's a British film. Yeah. Whatever. Um, a group of teachers must defend themselves from a gang of murderous hoodies who besiege the school after hours to gain revenge after a slight against one of their members. And that that fits with the whole. So um, I don't know if anybody out there knows about the hoodie horror movement thing, but in the in the early two thousands, uh, it was Tony Blair was prime minister here, and he made this thing about asbos, people who are sort of antisocial behavior was considered now a crime and he was aiming it at these teenagers who wore, wore the hoodies and it's that kind of thing and there was this whole stream of hoodie like cherry tree lane from 2008 heartless from 2007 it sounds like it's part of this hoodie horror movement so i'm excited because we haven't okay. talked about this yet so i love that cultural moment so i'm excited oh so maybe great. we can get into that yeah yeah i don't look at any of the reviews okay. <laughs> um i mean well like so rotten tomatoes which i do like rotten tomatoes reviews because it seems to be a little more audience yeah. Um, those seem to be higher than like the IMDb scores. But I was like, let's give it a try. It's a newer movie. It's something, and if it's something you haven't seen, so it's it's a fresh watch for both of us. Yeah. Might be interesting. And it, it could suck. And I, and that's just that's what being a horror movie fan is all about. Is sometimes they suck and yeah. you just mark it down to like won't watch it again. Nope, love that. No problem. <laughs> And it's good. So we're good with lot. the movie F. I love it. And we've got a lot right. coming up for July as well. Cause it's, we got, we're doing, are we doing, still doing 4th of July special as well? Okay. So we're going to do a 4th of July special. I don't think we've talked about this yet. Oh, so Chris, tell us about the 4th of July yes. special. So, we're changing it up here at the London Horror Movie Club. Yes, we are changing it up just a little bit. And I'm going to make sure that I uh, have the right wording of the movie. Cause I, I, not good at um, remembering things, but yes, we are going to do an American movie and for 4th of July. And I understand that the 4th of July is the um, America gaining independence from Britain, where most of our audience is from. And 
I'm not trying to to freak everybody out there, but I was like, hey, it's Fourth of July. We're both from America. Why don't we do one movie that we can discuss? It's just an American movie, and I've chosen The Secret Window. And I've kind of chosen that because if you know Lauren, she's a horror writer and she does that. And this movie has Johnny Depp in it. And so it was like a main, you know, movie in the theaters, but he's a horror writer. And so I thought it'd be interesting for you to watch that one, but it would also be like an American movie. Cool. I love that. And I haven't, for, for I haven't seen it. So it's yep. going to be a first watch for me as well, which is going to be really fun. I'm looking forward cool. to Secret Window. Yeah, so I've got two picks then, Secret Window and F yes, for July. Yes, I'm excited. I'm loving that. <laughs> and on top of that, we also, so this is going to be packed, we also have an interview yes. with Alex Churchyard, which is great. He's uh, so it's another director interview. And then um, yes. for anyone who's over here in the States, he was just on the BBC. He was on Radio Essex as well for doing, um, he's doing Video Shop Tales of Terror 2. I very fortunately got to die in space in in that movie and so i was on the bbc the bbc article as well which was great fun uh if you do see the article you get to see me stabbed four times in the chest with like the the special effects makeup is brilliant um but so we'll get a chance to talk to alex he's done loads of things including the uh, ice cream on the beach that's the one that he's probably best known for it won a few awards including some really cool kills so we'll get to talk about a lot of very fun stuff with that. And yeah, that's our next interview. And then we've got Danny Thompson, who's a stream queen in August as well. So we've got a lot coming up. We do. We're we're uh, we're trying to give the podcast more interviews because those people are more interesting than us. Like, right? I mean, it's we yeah. like watching <laughs> horror movies, but they're like the process of it um is always fascinating to me. And I hope everyone that that listens is like the the down Dan Brownlee. Yeah. Um interview like that was that was fun that was bonkers you know, that was there we go bonkers yeah like it was great I, I enjoyed it I actually did go I did I will take that back I, I did go watch um UK haunts or haunters oh yeah his documentary. Yeah, documentary yeah crazy and it's it's a little too much for like I couldn't go do that stuff like that stuff still for some reason I don't like random people um oh yeah I don't like random people. <laughs> I don't like random people touching me. And like, and so like when I'm at those, but it's so close because there's those screen factories, those haunts. Um, it is horror, you know, it is like very scary. And so I will go if I have to, if everyone's going, but I, it wouldn't be like on oh, a Thursday. I'm like, what are we going to do? It's around Halloween. Let's go do this. And that kind of showed me again, why? Because they do it so well. I don't want to, I'd rather watch it from a TV where I can be like, yeah, I'm gonna go down to the kitchen and get some ice cream as opposed to like their blood is now on me like <laughs> this is crazy <laughs> no I'm the same way I really am there's something so even if you're in a movie theater which can be really like an overwhelming experience the sound and the, the, mm -hmm. but but like you're you know you're safe you can like grip onto the chair and be like everything's mm -hmm. fine if you're walking through it there's nothing to hold on to there's not like a loved one near you you've like mm -hmm. surrounded by terrifying things nope so yes, I'm very excited to, to, to do our interview with Alex. Um, the, the article was great. If any of you guys that are listening are on our Facebook page or even follow us on Twitter, um, I the, the article is actually posted on there. Definitely worthwhile. It sounds like some really uh, cool things are happening in the indie horror world and in Essex specifically yeah. <laughs> don't know where Essex is but it's I've heard about it um <laughs> and this is a great thing is it's got it's conveniently like it's a suburb of London so it's very convenient okay. to quite a lot of like actors and directors and stuff so it's studio hire but you don't have to pay London prices so oh that's horror. cool yeah. yeah 
That's great. Well, now I'm very I'm looking forward to uh, both watching Ice Cream on the Beach and interviewing him because I like to try to at least watch something that you know it, uh, that's been that's happened or that that they've that they've done. So. Yeah. You've got a lot coming up. We're trying to give you guys a, a variety, give all the listeners a variety of things. And also, it's entertaining for us. I love talking with these guys, with people that are in that world. Oh, absolutely. And it's so cool because they're, they're literally doing the next thing. Their movies are the ones that are coming out soon. And so you get a chance to see where horror's yes. going. Not just like, obviously, I've been picking a lot of movies that are sort of older. We've done 70s, we've done 60s, we've done 80s, which is awesome. Yeah. But it's kind of cool to see which direction horror is moving as well, which I love. I agree. I agree. And actually, I thought like Dan's Dan in our last interview had some good ideas about or had brought up like the movies that are done in Zoom, like in this Mm -hmm. world. Right. And so it's 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 interesting to see what people take it and then how were there were these people that are creating like the next movement. Right. Yeah. So lots of good stuff coming up. I can't wait. It's going to be really fun. But for, for those of you who are just watching along with us, definitely F and Secret Window are the two big ones to watch. So I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's a London horror movie I haven't seen and an American horror movie I haven't seen. So it's going to be a good double bill for me. Awesome. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you always. It's so much fun. Yeah. Chris. Thank you. Great talking to you. Awesome. And thank you all for listening. We will see you for a jam-packed July. Can't wait. If you want to share your thoughts about this episode, please head to our Facebook or YouTube pages. We're grateful to Kukurbit, who made our music. Thank you for listening, and please join us next time for the London Horror Movie Club.